it's all about planting seeds, watering those seeds, and letting God do his work. Uh, pointing folks to the cross, broken souls to the cross, and the choir always blesses my heart when they sing. The fourth anniversary, the traditional gift is fruit or flowers. I had to look that up. Now, how many of you knew that the fourth anniversary gift is fruit or flowers? Raise your hand. Nobody does. All right. I had to look that up in my mother's old etiquette book. We're coming upon the fourth anniversary of Celebrate Recovery at Clarksburg Baptist Church, and, and we are bearing fruit from the seeds we planted and watered and let God do his work. Uh, the first Tuesday of June is our fourth anniversary. Where, where have it, has the time gone? And I'd love to give you all fruit or flowers today to celebrate that, but I'm just going to talk about it. So bear with me. But really, if you look at it in context, the fourth anniversary of Celebrate Recovery here at Clarksburg Baptist Church corresponds to the 169th anniversary of our church. Is that not an amazing? What an amazing number. Um, very impressive that a church has been in existence here since 1848. It is spring planting time in West Virginia. The ramps are about done. Boo. <laughs> it's time to plant a garden and do the stuff you do on a farm in the spring. But to get to the point from a spiritual standpoint, we do have a sacred duty as Christians to plant seeds, to water those seeds, to care for our garden and allow God to provide the increase. I think we as Christians tend to make things pretty complicated. But really, if you get down to it, if you distill it down, we're commanded to love God, love others, and make disciples. And that comes down to planting seeds, watering and care, and allowing God to do his work because he is God. It says in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus says, then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you, even to the end of the age. It is truly God who does that work. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, 7 and 9, Paul says, Because of this, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but the only one who is anything is God who makes it grow. The one who plants and the one who waters works together, but each one will receive their own reward for their own labor. We are God's co-workers, you're God's field, God's building. Evangelizing, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ and making disciples is a process. And Jesus gave us agricultural images because of the nature of farming versus having things in a microwave. It's a long and multifaceted process of making disciples. It sometimes takes a lot of hands to do the work. And it just plain takes a lot of time to bear fruit. Sometimes the soil or the water or the weather conditions are not right. It just takes a lot. But we do have a sacred duty to do this work. We also have a unique opportunity right here at 6th and Pike to plant seeds. And we are building on our heritage here for 169 years. How cool is that? I try to go back in my mind's eye to imagine what things looked like here in 1848 when a small group of folks established this church. 
it was probably a pretty raucous hill town on the West Fork in Elk Creek, uh, a lot different than it was than it is today. But we do stand on the shoulders of giants who were here before us and carried out this work for all that time. Generations upon generations who have served here, representing, lifting up the name of Jesus Christ right here in downtown Clarksburg. Poised here on the corner of 6th and Pike for 169 years, we've been a constant as a church. The only other constant, perhaps besides God, which is never changing, who is never changing, the only other constant is change, and we certainly have seen a lot of change here in downtown Clarksburg. The only constant really is change then. But we can offer the absolute truth, the unchanging gospel, amid the shifting sands of our culture, the shifting sands of our society, and the shifting sands of our community. Folks do want to hear the truth, but sometimes they only want to hear the truth when they get into a place of brokenness, when they recognize that they've got a problem. If you ask someone, where do you go to make disciples, where do you go to plant those seeds and see, see those seeds bear fruit, they tell you that you need to go where people have run aground. Folks want to hear, folks want to change, folks want to hear the good news, they want to change when they run out of themselves. They realize that they've come to a broken place and they want to look at living life in a different way. A wise mentor of mine told me that if I wanted to present the good news to people, I'd have to go somewhere where it appeared that the wheels were coming off the bus. He said to me, Lou, you go to prisons, you go to doctor's offices, you go to hospitals, you go to funeral homes, recovery meetings, homeless shelters, courtrooms. You go where folks are running out of their own capabilities, that they realize that they don't have any power in this situation, and they're seeking power somewhere else. You go to where folks are coming to grips with the fact that they really need help, and they're asking for help and looking for help. Again, we're poised on a very critical spot here in downtown Clarksburg amid all the shifting sands that we've seen. Let me look at it from a different standpoint. I'll look at it from a medical standpoint since that's something I'm kind of familiar with. And my Celebrate Recovery folks have heard me talk about this before, many of whom are here today. Uh, I've made friends with the dean of the School of Medicine. He's all about public health. He's all about having WU School of Medicine make an impact on the health of West Virginians to increase longevity, to decrease illness, and to increase health status. But he realizes that traditional medicine has very little power, very little impact on preventive care, on health, on raising health statistics. Traditional medicine is great for rescue, but not for prevention. If you have a disaster, if you run your car off the road, if you have a heart attack, if you get cancer, traditional medicine is great at stepping in and making a difference. But in terms of prevention, in terms of increasing longevity, in, in terms of changing our health status in West Virginia from last to first, traditional medicine has very little role to play. The things that the, the dean of the School of Medicine has found that makes the greatest difference in these factors are connection, purpose, and hope. We're, we need to be connected to other people. 
We need to feel that connection. We need to be in relationship with others, consistent relationship with others. We need to be part of a community. That makes for health. And we have to have purpose in our life. We have to have a reason to get up in the morning. We have to have a reason to feel like our life is important, that we're making a difference. We have to have purpose. And we have to have hope that tomorrow is going to be better than today. Uh, connection, purpose, and hope. Again, something that traditional medicine can't really answer, but the church can do perfectly. Because the church is all about connection and purpose and hope. West Virginia and Clarksburg is at a place where connection, purpose, and hope are probably at a very low level. The small town feel of Clarksburg is not like it used to be. The connectedness of being a somewhat isolated insular community is not here. We have strangers amid strangers, and, and that's awkward, and that does not provide that connection. And purpose is, is somewhat out the window as our industry has shifted from extraction industries and industrial power to more service industry. And you know the economic stresses that we've had here and everywhere in the state of West Virginia. And hope is a very low point. Just walk a few blocks around this church and you'll see what I'm talking about. If you go over toward Gomart or down to McDonald's or just walk up in the blocks around WI, you'll see how much this community has changed. And from my perspective of being here only 35 years, I've seen tremendous change. The connection, purpose, and hope that existed once upon a time is not there. But the church is perfect for giving connection, purpose, and hope. And uh, we as Christians really are in the catbird seat for hope because we know our hope comes from Jesus Christ and only from Jesus Christ. So I'll say that Celebrate Recovery and other ministries of this church, outreach ministries that go out and present the good news of Jesus Christ, that plant seeds and water seeds and see those seeds harvested, can make a huge difference in our community in making for connection, purpose, and the hope in Jesus Christ. In terms of making a difference, we can follow an example of Jesus Christ who had compassion. In Matthew 9, 35 through 38, it says that Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and disease. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. I want to talk a little bit about the Celebrate Recovery Ministry that, that I get the honor of leading here, that, that I get to see bearing fruit here in downtown Clarksburg. And I'll have to say my Celebrate Recovery introduction. My name is Lou. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I celebrate recovery from being a doctor who got addicted to seeing patients and addicted to drugs. I continue to struggle with selfishness, codependency, and anxiety. Now, if you all say hi, Lou, I'll feel better. Hi. All right. Now, I feel like I'm in a meeting. It's a great place to be. If you come here on a Tuesday night, you will find that we have a lot of newcomers who are like sheep without a shepherd, and they need the good news of Jesus Christ. As we prepare to celebrate in the beginning of June the fourth anniversary of Celebrate Recovery, I'm going to just have to tell you that we're doing great things down here on Tuesday nights. 
we truly have, and it's not all about the numbers, but we truly do have the largest celebrant recovery in the state of West Virginia, and maybe in this entire region. The worship band that came through traveling said that they've been all through the mid-Atlantic states, and they'd never been to a celebrant recovery as big as ours. And that's a great thing, because we have great potential here, and we're doing great stuff. If you come out on a Tuesday night, you'll find between 150, sometimes over 200, men, women, and children filling this entire campus at Clarksburg Baptist Church and hearing the good news of Jesus Christ, unequivocally the good news of Jesus Christ. There's no doubt in their mind that in recovery, Jesus Christ is our higher power. We have the Celebrate Recovery Adult Program that meets here. We have a children's program, Celebration Place, that meets in, in Clubhouse 252. And we have the Landing for Teens that meets across in the Life Center. And we have child care for children under five. You know, really, all our struggles are family struggles. Every individual in the family that, that has a problem impacts everyone else in the family. So it really is key for recovery for hearing the good news of Jesus Christ, changing a whole family, it's key that the whole family come together in a recovery meeting. So that's a great strength of this celebrate recovery. And I've got a paradigm on this whole thing that really Jesus is a great physician. The church is a hospital for the sick and CR is the ER. Celebrate recovery is the emergency room, a place of entry where folks who are sheep without a shepherd, folks who are looking for help can come and find Jesus Christ in the process. And this thing we call a step study that occurs on another day or time where we work the steps in a small group is like the intensive care unit. I love those medical analogies, as you know. Right now, and, and there really is, is a lot going on, we have six step studies in process. And step studies really are leadership factories. That's really where the change occurs in celebrate recovery. We have garnered tremendous support from, and admiration from judges, from probation officers, from public safety officers, parole officers, counselors, prosecutors, and defense attorneys. And that's a great thing. And folks who are being served in mental health fields, seeing counselors or addiction counselors, they're getting referred to us here. And that's a great opportunity to present the good news. While referrals aren't necessary, we certainly do appreciate the fact that we are so esteemed in this community right here at Clarksburg Baptist Church. Folks are being sent here. I have to tell you that the word is out about what we're doing here at Celebrate Recovery at Clarksburg Baptist Church, and that's a great thing. The word is out. We do get a lot of newcomers here. We make an effort to connect with those newcomers. Sometimes we only get a chance to plant seeds, but at least that's planting seeds. We do try to make a serious connection with those newcomers and keep them coming back, but sometimes that is a struggle. Sometimes we only get to plant the seeds and maybe they're harvested somewhere else. Step studies, as I say, are leadership factory. Uh, step studies are also part of creating our own leaders here, and we have leadership training. And right now, the amazing thing is we have over 60 leaders who serve faithfully who've been through leadership training. That's a huge number. If you're in leadership and celebrate recovery and you're here today, would you raise your hand? All right, you see some of our leaders right here. Again, celebrate recovery, leadership factory, folks who surrender to Christ in their struggles and in their brokenness can get turned around to serve someone else. 
the Holy Spirit is able to get them out of their comfort zone so that they can serve someone else. It's so incredible, so amazing how God never wastes a hurt. All the struggles that we've had that have brought us to celebrate recovery gets turned around so that we can help someone else. Some folks decide they want to keep serving and celebrate recovery. And so, as I say, we have 60 leaders who keep coming back. And with those six step studies that are in process and the other leadership training that our training coaches do, there's a potential for more and more leaders. In fact, two of our leadership have gone off and established a new celebrate recovery at Shinston area, at Shinston United Methodist Church called Shinston Area Celebrate Recovery. And one of our leaders has gone off to Bridgeport United Methodist Church and is opening a celebrate recovery this June at Bridgeport United Methodist Church's Johnson Avenue campus. Two new celebrate recoveries out of this CR in Harrison County. And we, we are encouraging folks at Salem Horizons Church to establish a new celebrate recovery there. So right now, by fall, we will have five celebrate recoveries on five different nights right here in Harrison County. And that truly is a dream. That truly is more than we could have ever thought or asked. But really, that was a goal because folks need a lot of options in order to change. The secular programs of Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, which are also 12-step programs that are based on higher power, God your understanding. And we're not gonna knock them because they're very powerful too. And they do make a big difference. But we'd love to have as many CRs in the county as there are AA and NA meetings. So folks have those opportunities to meet Jesus Christ in the process. We talk about service. We, we try to propel our participants into service, into leadership, because we say, you're really not in recovery if you're not in service. If you're not helping someone else, you're really not working your recovery, because that's where the 12 steps lead. In fact, that is the 12th step, giving back, serving someone else, and that keeps us in a good place. Some, as I say, decide to stay in our celebrate recovery and keep coming back and stay for life. Some only stay for a season and then go off and, and can do something else. Some uh, go off and serve in church leadership somewhere else or in church leadership here, that potential is there. Some decide to serve in our landing, the youth program or in the children's program. Uh, some decide to go off and serve celebrate recovery inside. Our prisons and jails in West Virginia have recognized that they've run out of resources and they really would love organizations from the outside to come in and serve, again, presenting recovery with Jesus Christ in prison, in jail, which is called Celebrate Recovery Inside. One of our leaders is now, in fact, the state representative to promote Celebrate Recovery Inside throughout the state of West Virginia, and that's a great thing. And right now, folks from RCR right here go to the federal prison in Morgantown doing Celebrate Recovery, go to the Salem Correctional Center presenting Celebrate Recovery there, and a couple of the ladies from RCR go to North Central Regional Jail and prevent celebra present Celebrate Recovery inside there. That's just a great thing, turning things around. And again, it's a prison or a jail where you're gonna meet folks who wanna hear the good news, who wanna change their life, who recognize that they run out of their own power. A lot of our leaders are members of other churches and they go on to leadership in those churches. Many of our Celebrate Recovery folks get involved in this Christian enrichment uh, spiritual formation organization called the Walk to Emmaus. And they're, they're called there, they become uh, uh, 
in the, involved in that progressive leadership at Emmaus, and that's a great thing. Some go on to other churches to be lay speakers. Some are even headed to become clergy. How fabulous is that? Again, God turning things around. God never wasting a hurt. Celebrate Recovery really is a process of discipleship. Many of you have heard that Celebrate Recovery is based on eight principles. John Baker, the founder of Celebrate Recovery, took the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and found that they corresponded to eight principles based on the Beatitudes, the blessed R's, the Beatitudes from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And we try in Celebrate Recovery as we work the steps to, to make our lives work in conjunction with the Beatitudes. What greater way to live than living your life based on the essence of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So Celebrate Recovery really is a discipleship program. It may look like a recovery program, but it really is a discipleship program. And again, it's all about connection, purpose, and hope. We're growing a huge Celebrate Recovery community, a huge recovery community here in Clarksburg and in our county and throughout our state. That connection is key. Uh, we have that purpose, that 12 step of serving the next person. That gives us purpose. And we have hope, hope only in Jesus Christ. Make no doubt about it. Let me make it clear that I see Celebrate Recovery as a very key outreach ministry of this church, but there's other outreach ministries in this church that are important also. I don't want to detract from them because they're good too, but I know we're big and we're messy and we do a lot of good stuff. But let me make it clear that we also need more. This church has a long heritage of service, a long heritage of missions, to outreach to others, and we need to keep that going. Uh, if we say that in recovery, you're really not in recovery unless you're serving, maybe you're really not really a member of a church if you're not serving in some capacity. And, and I think there's great opportunities to serve here at Clarksburg Baptist Church in all kinds of ways. But let me make it perfectly clear right now, Celebrate Recovery really needs your help if you're not involved in it right now. We certainly need your prayer because the work that we do is, is intense spiritual work and it can be difficult at times. So we certainly need your prayer coverage. Um, and we need more people from the church body to come and attend on a Tuesday night. Um, we are truly open to anyone. We need more boots on the ground. We need more mature Christians. We just need more folks to come and make connections, particularly with our newcomers. And that's not hard to do. Again, we have 60 leaders, but if we get a group of newcomers in, we still want to make that intense connection. And the more folks we have here who are on a good course, they can make a connection with a newcomer. Again, we need more boots on the ground, more people to come in and serve. We would love, we would be greatly benefited if there were more integration between the church and our recovery ministry on Tuesday night. So there's an open invitation there to come out on a Tuesday night. Uh, we need more Sunday folks on Tuesday, and we need more Tuesday folks here on Sunday if we're really going to make this church the strong church that it is and that it's called to be. So again, a clear invitation to come out, any of you, on a Tuesday night at 6.30. Our large group here in the sanctuary starts at 6.30 and goes until about 7.45. Then we break up into small groups that go until about 8.30. And then we have a meal downstairs in Crosstalk Cafe that goes until about 9.30 or so. You don't have to come and spend the whole time. If you just came to large group, 
and made some connections, that would be great. If you just came and enjoyed a meal with us at 8.30, uh, that would be a great thing. Um, we'd be greatly encouraged, and, and I think you will be greatly encouraged if you come out on a, on a Tuesday night, because we have uh, teachings that can inspire you, and we have testimonies that can really rock your world. Uh, the testimonies that we hear here uh, in, at Celebrate Recovery are amazing how God has turned things around. This week, this coming Tuesday, we have Sean V, who is an Alabama national leader of Celebrate Recovery. He just happens to be traveling through because one of our state representatives in West Virginia got married yesterday, so he's here in town. He has an amazing story of redemption that started with the struggles that he had, then becoming a ministry leader of the landing, the teen program, then becoming a national leader in the landing, and now he's going off taking his family to Kenya as a missionary. It's, it's going to be an amazing story. I'd love you to have you all come out and, and hear what goes on and hear that story. Celebrate Recovery is not a hard ministry to get involved in. And if there are any barriers, if there's anything that keeps you from coming on a Tuesday night, let me know because we want to make those barriers go away. We really do need your help. There are folks here on Tuesday nights who need help, who need encouragement. We need more people to make connections. We need more folks to help folks find connection, purpose, and hope in Jesus Christ. It may require you to step out of your comfort zone to come on a Tuesday night, but you may find, uh, you may find something for yourself here. I, I remember, uh, I, I want you to remember that it's a hard thing for folks sometimes to understand because we call it celebrate recovery, and when we say recovery, folks naturally think of addiction issues recovery addiction issues. But really, only about 30% of the folks who attend our Celebrate Recovery struggle with addiction issues. There's all kinds of struggles that folks have, as you can imagine. Celebrate Recovery is for any kind of hurt, habit, or hang-up. And we've all been hurt in life. Everyone's been hurt in life in some fashion. And you cannot heal a hurt by saying that it's not there. You have to deal with that hurt, or that hurt's going to continue to deal with you. We all have habits that are not God's plan, not just chemical addictions, but all kinds of habits. And life on life's terms, life on life's terms can be tough. It can be tough living this life. Uh, and you can get hung up somewhere on the line. So we talk about celebrate recovery being for hurts, habits, and hang-ups. You may come to find that you have a hurt, habit, or hang-up and, and find that celebrate recovery can serve you. And we have the fabulous power of Jesus Christ to offer that only comes from God. We also have the promise that the work that we do in planting seeds here in our church, here in Silver Recovery, here in all the ministries, have the fabulous multiplier effect of the good news. There's this fabulous multiplier effect. Galatians 6, 7 through 10 says, make no mistake, God is not mocked. A person will harvest what they plant. Those who plant only for their own benefit will harvest devastation from their selfishness, but those who plant for the benefit of the Spirit will harvest eternal life from the Spirit. Let's not get tired of doing good, because in time we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. So then let's work for the good of all whenever we have the opportunity, and especially for those in the household of faith. The work done here at Clarksburg Baptist Church since 1848, and the work done in our celebrate recovery in the last four years and it is incalculable. Uh, relative to sowing and reaping seeds and planting seeds, it said you can count the seeds inside an apple.
but you will never be able to count the number of apples even one seed in that apple will produce in the future. You can count the seeds inside an apple, but you'll never be able to count how many apples even one seed can produce. The power of sharing our faith, planting seeds, making disciples is truly a mystery. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power to work within us, his Holy Spirit power to accomplish infinitely more than we can think or ask. It truly is a mystery how it works. It truly is a mystery how sharing the good news works. If you need a little encouragement about sharing the good news, uh, I want to show you this video that talks about the mystery of it all. This is Nate. Nate became a Christ follower two weeks ago and is still a bit giddy about it, though he's trying not to get covered with in public. Nate became a believer partly because of Kim. Yet, oddly enough, Kim and Nate have never met. Now, is this possible? Well, let's take a look. Kim loved Jesus from an early age, and in college she had a huge impact on her friends. While most of her peers used their college years to, well, experiment, Kim didn't. She remained committed to her faith, and it showed. It especially showed to Lisa, her roommate, who confessed to Kim that she wanted whatever it was that made Kim so strong. Kim shared her faith with Lisa, and Lisa believed. Years later, at Lisa's first real job, she met Thomas. Thomas was hit by a drunk driver when he was 13 and still carried a lot of anger and bitterness. Thomas and Lisa became friends. It wasn't long before he started going to church with Lisa and her husband. After a lot of studying and searching, Thomas gave his life to Christ. Fast forward a few years. Thomas became a public speaker and was often asked to speak at large events. See, when he became a believer, Thomas developed a new perspective on life. He stopped resenting what had been taken from him and started being thankful for the second chance he had been given. On one particular day, Thomas shared about overcoming hardship and what it means to choose joy. He was so passionate that a number of people were inspired to share a link to his video. The video of Thomas inspired James, too. And if anyone needed inspiration, it was him. James had a ton of issues. He spent most of his life as a passive husband, an absent father, and a horrible friend. That said, no one disliked him more than he disliked himself. But everything changed the night he happened to watch Thomas online. Something clicked and he knew what he had to do. He surrendered his miserable life to someone greater and he was forever changed. James fought hard to make up for the lost years with his family. And he also began working with young men who were in danger of throwing their lives away. One of those men was Nate. Nate didn't really know his own dad and he had no real direction in ultimately bouncing from one bad decision to another. Because of that, he often found himself in trouble with the law. No one had ever showed him what it looked like to be a real man. That is, until he met James. James became the first father figure Nate ever had. He learned about honesty, self-control, humility, and integrity, and where those traits come from. Two months later, Nate publicly declared his belief in Christ. And of course, James was there. Now you can see the connection. Nate was impacted by James. He was influenced by Thomas. Thomas saw an uncommon joy in Lisa, who learned of Jesus from Kim.
Jacob's relationship with God eventually led to Nate's. Funny how these two people have never met. Never will. Just think of the multiplier effect of that. Here since 1848, here we've celebrated recovery the last four years. It truly is a mystery. It truly is the power of the Holy Spirit working on it all. We're going to segue to another mystery. We're going to celebrate Holy Communion together. But before we do that, we're going to ask the worship team to come up. And uh, I'm going to pray. We'll go to a song of worship, and then we'll do communion.